0: I will be continuing on the series I started, which is Working in Love. Working in Love. Now, I define this series as the core value series we'll be running. And what are core values? Core values are beliefs. Beliefs that informs our attitudes, our actions, and our behavior. When we talk about core values, they are principles that we follow that shape and influence our behaviors, actions, and decisions. In other words, whatever you see somebody do on the outside, is what it believes on the inside that is informing that action that you are seeing on the outside. How we talk, behave, or act, what we say is informed by what we believe, the principles we believe. So core values are the engine that drives our decision. Just as no car can move without the engine being there. So the, what drives and informs our decisions are our core value, how we relate with people, how we talk, those are our core values. Whether you know it or not, that you are, your life is being driven by what you believe. There are some things you are doing and there are some things you will never do just because of what you believe, just because of the principles you are following. Now, as Christian, or every church also has core values. So core values like culture, it will eat strategy for lunch, any day, anytime. Now, in this show, we have four fundamental core values that is founded on the Word of God that drives us. These are the en- this is the engine that powers our behavior, our decisions, our actions. And the acronym for our core value is LIFE. L-I-F-E. L stands for love, I, integrity, F, faithfulness, E, empowerment, and education. Now I've only been teaching on the first one, which is love, which is love, and um, the reason why, as children of God, we need to embrace that core value of love. Now I want to welcome all of you to the last days, few days of August. Amazingly, this week you are going to be entering to the Ember Month. Just like that, I said, just like that. <laughs> And so when I I said it, some of you, the first day, ah, chicken, rice. Don't worry, God will provide. Hallelujah. So open your Bible with me to Ephesians chapter 5. So we've been learning about love. So Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for you as an offering and sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Walk in love just as Christ loved you. So you see, the greatest challenge of a believer is to know how to work in love. In fact, he has commanded us to walk in love. I've also shared with you that there are three types of or love, or you can put it three types of love. We have filio, P H I L O I, or you call it in the form of the verb. Filia is the verb of filio. Philio is noun, filia is um, the verb. And um, these are the, what we call the brotherly love sincere love, platonic love the love that exists amongst family that is filial are you there? so the love you have towards your brother or that a mother has towards her children is filial the world the love that a father asks for his daughter or daughter to the father that's filial so the filial is that love that binds relationships together then the next one is eros, the love of the body. Um, when you see most musicians today, when they are singing, and uh, you know they have to go and bring half-naked girl on the screen. Oh, be, the, all the advertising is the body, and they say, "I love this girl, I love this girl." What you are, when you practically look at it, what they are loving is the body. Or those of us who want to marry, and um, um, maybe what you are looking at when you are looking at a girl, oh, I like her shape, figure eight, second, <laughs> second, just like some of us would say. And that figure eight is the love of eros. Because it should not always be there. Now the third love is agape love. This is the love that is from God. The love of God. The love of God. So when the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, he's talking about agape love. That is the love with which God gives to both the good and the bad. That's the everlasting love. Now, we know these three kinds of love already and as children of God, we have been called into agape love. Agape love. Now, agape love does not come naturally. Agape love is the love that comes as you draw nearer to God. So, when you give your life to Jesus, the love of God flows into you and through you and you find yourself loving people who normally you should not have been able to love. You find yourself loving people, all right, not because of what you want to get from them, not because of their body, or not because of their money, but just because of who they are. This love, in fact, is the one that builds the best marriage. Uh, today, I want to welcome um, the family that have come to do their. Um, uh, thanksgiving for the blessings of new marriage. I welcome daddy and Mommies and the entire family. Um. But you see, like I was saying to you, the love that can build the best marriage is not filial, it's the love of God. Now we are going to, so you can, if you've missed any of this series, I just have to recap for you. And um, then we, I'm going into what we want to talk about today. Amen. Now, I would like you to then open your Bible to First John chapter 4 as we continue on walking in love, part 2. First John chapter 4, verse 8. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. He that loveth not, knoweth not God, for God is love. Is what? Love. So when we want to talk about, when we talk about love, if you don't want to call him God, you call him love. The Bible says that everything about love originates from God. God is the taproot of love, God is the best description of love. So he that loveth not knoweth not God because God is love. Now, in other words, every child of God most beloved boys and lover girls tell your neighbor lover boy or lover girl if he's a boy say lover boy lover girl but there are some people that are very age sensitive all right so if he say why are you calling me a girl say sorry lover man lover woman <laughs> amen god is what love. so when you don't love you don't know god so, you know, in this age and time, we think that we can describe a Christian by the size of their Bible or by the size of their tie or the nature of their tie or how the dress alone. But when God looks at you, how does God know you are his own child? There is one thing he's looking for and that is what? Love. Now, as children of God, there is then the need for us to understand that what we owe God is love the one thing that God really wants from you and I is your love. He longs for our love. So when God is looking at you, by the time you say, Lord, I'm giving you my money. I'm giving you my shoe, I give you my life. He's looking at one thing first. And that is what? Love. That's the emotional side of God. Is the emotional side of our relationship with God. Most people cannot comprehend that God is a God that is looking for your love. He's looking for your love. He will not tell you to love him if he's not in need of your love. God has a need. Most of us think that he's just a macho man, or He's a macho God. Who is so wicked and wants to send anybody to hell. The Bible says that he does not even want to send anybody to hell. He has a need. And that need is that he wants your love. One thing he wants from you is what? Your love. Say with me, he wants my love. Oh, say it loud. Say, God wants, my love. God wants my love. So I would like you to open to Mark chapter 12 then. Let's see the dimensions of love. What is love? How can we love God? Mark chapter 12, verse 28. Mark 12, 28. And one of the scribes came and having heard them reason together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? Which is the first commandment? Now, the word first here is the word proton. In other words, which one should come first in all that we do? Which one is the most important of all commandments? If you are to summarize all the commandments in one word, Lord Jesus, what will that commandment be? Because there were so many commandments in the Bible. And for, for You must understand that the man that is asking this question was a Jew. And you know, the Jew has so many commandments. One of them is that they cannot even eat pork meat. They cannot even eat fish that has no scale. One of them is that if a Jew is passing by a nest... And the, 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 the nest falls and the, there are birds inside. And he doesn't stop to even carry that nest and put it back. He has sinned against God. How he even undoes his slave matter. So there were different kinds of law. So this lawyer, looking at Jesus, then said, Master, can you in one word summarize what is that one thing that I can do for God and to God that can make me enter into his kingdom? So let's hear what Jesus said. Verse 29 of Mark chapter 12. And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear this, O Israel. So he was now addressing the nation of Israel because this is a national commandment. He was addressing it because it's going to be an eternal commandment. He said, The Lord our God is one Lord. The Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shall what? Can we read it together? Mark chapter 12 verse 30. Can we read together? One to go. And what? Say with me. Thou shall love the Lord thy God. Now, it breaks it down. Can we then go ahead? One to go. With what? With, the next one is what? The other one is what? All your mind. And the next one is what? All your strength. So don't just say you love God. He gave the four dimensions of how we should express our love for God. You see, the first one is love him with all your heart. The next one, all your soul. The third one, all your mind. And the f- fourth one is what? All your strength. So let's break it down. What does it mean to love God with all your heart? In other words, in above all else in your heart, this is what must be there. The heart represents the most inner part of you. The heart is the the deepest part of you. So, when you love someone from your heart, whether the person is tall or short, you are in love with the person. Whether the person is skinny spider or fatty Joe, you still love the person. Whether the person is Igbo, Yoruba, or whatever the person is from, Awusa, Ibibio, Ifik, Kosiba, whatever, you love the person. The tribe do not matter because it's a love from the heart. Whether the person is rich or poor, you love the person. Somebody will ask, why do you love this person? I just love it. It's a love that the Bible says that is stronger than death. This is love from the heart, And the Bible says that your heart, know, the deepest part of your life belongs to God. You see, as you are growing up, one of the things you begin to realize is that there are other things that want to fight for the deepest part of your heart. One of them is, as, as, you know, as you begin to see some boys hiring you or some girls you're eyeing, you know, and you know before you know it, everybody longs to love. Everybody longs to be loved. There is an inner desire in every human being towards love. And the Bible said that deepest part of you belongs to God. You know, my son, I was sharing with... My wife, all of a sudden, fell in love with me recently. The boy just likes to come around me, mother and his mother. So I began to suspect him. Why? Because when he said, Daddy, so after I saw he's my last born, you know, if you have been around children, you know that children always have a selfish reason for what they do. That's to show that you are a child. So I began to investigate this boy that will even see me and pass the mother by and come. What is it? So I realized that one of the things that have happened in recent times that I used to give him my computer. And I've downloaded lots of cartoons on my computer. So he will come into my room the other time. So after I studied that, that was what he loved. So I told the mother when he came in. Hello, daddy. A small boy, three year old, going to four. <laughs> daddy, see, my I, I finished my assignment. I said, Good. I said, I told my wife, Get, is my, I, I will say it in Yoruba so that I don't Computer, my In other words, I was telling my mother, every, this conversation is leading to one area computer. Then, Daddy, you know, I finished my food. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> then he was telling, Daddy, see me jumping, see me jumping. I said, Wow, jumping, jumping, I am jumping. I told my wife, He has not gotten there. Then he said, Daddy, I can jump. Uh, I said, Jump on. Uh, then he said, Daddy, I, 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 uh, your two did not come to school today. He will start this thing with me. I said, Okay. Then he, he knows that he cannot just come to the main thing. So he's parabolating all around town. Then when, he when, he, when he has finished exhausted, Daddy, daddy I, I will do my assignment tomorrow. Say, uh, no problem. Uh, then he will get to the final point. Daddy, Daddy, can I take your computer? I, I just laughed. Can I take your computer? So nowadays, do you know what I do? Because of the love for his computer... He doesn't like to write his assignment before. So when he comes to the house down, he Joshua, when he finishes, Daddy, I've done this so Have you finished your assignment? If he doesn't finish his assignment, so if he don't finish your assignment, I won't give him my computer. And you will see, blah, he will go and finish his assignment. Let me say this. I then stood one day, I said, babe, do you know something I just learned from this boy? I said, do you realize that this is how a lot of people, their relationship with God is? When we wake up in the morning, God will say, Michael, watch you. Watch. Watch. She never starts. Now, how strange she won't ask her. God knows. But you see, she knows that if she goes directly to God... God may car, you know, God may decode. So she said, forgive me. Is can She will shake the voice. Gabriel friends, watch. <laughs> then, as <she's> doing, <laughs> then she then they said, Baba, you're too much. Yo. You are the lily of the valley. Yo. Then she was like, Oh, you are the bright of morning star. You are the rose of Sharon. Oh, <laughs> God will just watch. All oh, this praise now, problem. Then after, God, oh, God, oh. <laughs> My doesn't ever give me this <laughs> That prayer where she has turned to now can be the next thing she will pray for the next forty minutes. Oh, aka aka ya five minutes. It, it's, it's like may we just make just this God. If we say we just come and mention this you know, go answer my prayer. So, so God knows that if not for the challenge. Or if not for the fact that we know that he can do something for us, do you know that a lot of people will have stopped praising God if not that they know that God answers prayer? How many of us will still praise God if today God says he's not going to answer any prayer for one year? He's not going to attend to any of your requests. If you fast, if you pray, he's not going to attend to any of your requests for one year. Will he still be God in your life? If you pray for a child, he doesn't give you child. If you pray for house he doesn't give you the outshren. Maybe all of a sudden bad things begin to happen around you. They suck you from work. Your business is not going well. Maybe child becomes sick, husband becomes aggressive. All of a sudden, everything around your life, like that book, things began to fall apart. The question is, will you still worship him? Will he still be your God? How you will know where God occupies in your life is when we are faced with those difficult situations where prayer becomes senseless. A lot of us, we abandon him and even, well, we are very quick to turn to Jujuman. A lot of us, we abandon him and turn to 419. A lot of us, we abandon him and begin to cut corners because it's like God is too slow. That means all your relationship with God is not about who he is, but about what you can get from him. All that you celebrate about your God is about the God that answered by fire. That is the only God that is your God, not the God who is strong and mighty. So we light that The Lord that answered by fire, let him be my... What if he doesn't answer by fire anymore? Will he still be your God? Will he still be your God when things don't make sense around your life? So when God looks at us, he looks at the deep part and realize that the only reason why this woman is still serving me is because of what I'm doing. This was the test of Job. The test of Job was not because God was wicked. The test of Job was that take everything away from him and let's see whether I will still have a place in his heart. Take away his children. How many of us will still worship God if all your children dies? Job lost all his children. Not one was left. And yet, the Bible said, in that situation, he still worshiped God. Job lost all business overnight. Not one business was left. The devil, ah, that devil is a wicked devil. He he, he, he consumed all his income. Acas hacked his bank account and everything. And Job still worshiped God job lost all his friendship because you see no man wants to identify with a man that all of a sudden his life is being f- befallen by tragedy so everybody said no this man he must have done something wrong there is something that this man he must have said there is something unusual about him because how can a man who normally serve God like this who go to church who, who does all his best all of a sudden he, he lost eight children ah if you are even in that church, or oh, not go to that church or even the pastor said no if he protects himself don't you realize that the pastor lost all his children? He lost his wife, even his wife. The wife of Job left him. We didn't even know the one who gave birth to the other one in the second rain. He said, Curse this God. Curse this God. You know, that was what we Yoruba we call awake woman. A woman who only danced before because of what God is doing. When God asks not, when God does nothing, she does not feel grateful. It's to love God with all your hearts is To look at him and say, I don't have any reason to love you in a certain sense. I'm loving you not because of what you have done or you are doing, but because of who you are in my life. Do you realize that, you see, this is why miracles are so uncommon in our lives. Because just like my son, when we come around God, all those worship, all those songs we do, all those dancing is all because of what we want from him. When was the last time you fasted? Just because you want to know God more. For some of us, the only time we have fasted is because of problem. But you are not worried, you have never declared a fast. Looking at yourself and saying, I don't really know God the way I ought to. You know, in recent time, for the past three plus weeks, I had to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 has been my core scripture. Said, May God give you the spirit of revelation, wisdom, and revelation. That you may know him better. And do you know something? Your knowledge of God determines your height in life. How deep you know him determines how high you go. Some of us, the, the, the challenges of life now is all the devil needs to just stop your prayer life. Some of us, marital crisis is all that the devil just needs to send to you and your prayer life has stopped. Now, if some of us, even now, subsidy is all that you need to become a worrying Christian. Are we not becoming worrying Christian? Because all of the fact that the price of things have gone up, all of a sudden, now you see us now talking like unbelievers. The question is, where is God in your life? God says to you and I, love me with all all your heart all, not part of your heart but all that means there are different dimensions in our hearts when you bring everyone to bear you must still love God God is looking for lovers will he find true love in you God is looking for lovers will he find true love in you as a young boy you know, I had a very, very shaky background. I, I, I say with all humility, only God can be the judge. But there was an incident in my life that when I look back, I realized that it was just a test of love. God tested my love for him. And I think that that changed a lot of things in the out- outcome of my life. My mother used to sell uh, moi-moi baked beans, you know. So when I come from school... Every evening, my mother will wrap uh, the moy and I'm the one that will take it to the bus stop in the evening. So every evening, I get to that place around five thereabouts. Then there's a girl. That place is called Omolara in Ojodu, Omolara bus stop in Ojodu near Yakoyo area. So there, there's a girl. There are some girls that sells um, the big pop Eko, what we call echo. So I will, I will, I will take it from them. I'll tell them to go and play. Me, I will sell for them. So they will, they, will, they will give me commission for selling for them. From around 5 o'clock, I will stay at that bus stop till 11 p.m. every night. Sometime till 12. Whether it rains or it doesn't rain, I have to be there. If not, there is no money for school the next day. There is no food. That, everything that we ever have in life must come from that moment that we're selling. Then I will stand there and I will begin to shout at the top of my voice, my my gonna record And I will shout and scream from five, six, seven, eight. I will be singing and shouting for the rest of my eternity. <laughs> <laughs> my 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 my. <laughs> oh, I, I I will shout it loud. Then, my mother. Taught us the principle of tithing. So she began to tithe. Then I felt that hey, we can do more by praying. So I when I get to the bus stop, I will just bow my head on my cooler and I will fire prayer. But you know, something strange began to happen as I began to pray. Believe you me, any day I pray a lot on my moi, The old moment we have, maybe it's about 24, maybe so, and we sell each of about 5 naira those days. So it's about maybe 100 naira, whatever. Believe you me, that day I pray on that moment, customers will not come. As in, when I mean prayer, oh God, I call customer from the east, I call customer from the west, I will call customer, I will ask wind to blow the customer and everything. It's like the wind will just blow the customer away. Maybe out of my 100 Naira, I will only sell five. I thought it was a joke. I will get to the bus stop the next day, still pray on my cooler with the moimo. And you know, the problem is that when you don't sell moi, moi that are inside that leaf, it begins to draw. So people know that it's not fresh. So if we don't sell like that, that one we don't sell becomes our breakfast, lunch, and dinner my students in class are the ones that will suffer it. Because the whole time in class, I would just be farting like a silly fan. You know? So, and you know, the, I will, nobody will even know I'm the one farting. Because, you see, I, and, 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 I, and I'm very, very intolerant to beans and milk and all those things. So, I would just, as in, it would be as if they just turn the farting on in my body. Crack, pop, I'm telling you. Now, but listen to me. The first time it happened, I thought it was just one of those things. Second time I will pray and pray and pray, and still customers will not come. After one week, I realized that we made the worst sales the week I fasted and prayed more because I even added fasting because ah, mommy's capital is going, and they said, Ask and you shall receive. I will lay hands on that cooler and I will pray, quote all the scriptures. The moment will not go. So the following week, I changed the strategy. Monday, I got there. I didn't pray. Come and see sales. I, everything, if there was one that, that there was any left, it would be about one that was left. Ah. The next day, too, I got to the bus stop with my money. I prayed. And guess what happened this time around? No customer. So, you know, as a child, I began to take inventory. Then I would get there on Wednesday. I did not pray again. I won't pray. And again, customers came. Thursday, I did not pray. Customer came. Friday, I did not pray. Customer came. Monday, I did not pray. Customer prayed. Tuesday, I prayed. Customer did not come. Now, it was sure that, yeah, prayer is now a virus. So, I sat there at that bus stop. I, I couldn't talk to my mom. I couldn't talk to anybody about what is happening. The question is, should I continue to pray? because it's it's now conspicuous that each time I pray on this moimoy, sales don't come but when I pray or when I when I don't pray sales come when I pray sales don't come so of course the question is that I mean that prayer is working against this business as a ch- small boy I stood on my st- momo's stool stylishly at that bus stop that day I looked up to heaven and I said I can't remember whether it's verbatim but I know I made a commitment Lord I don't know why this is happening each time I pray on this moment it doesn't sell when I don't pray it sells the question is should I continue to pray then I made a commitment I said Lord if praying will mean that this business will be run down I will continue to pray. With tears in my eyes, I made a commitment to continue to pray, knowing very well the implication of my decision, that that prayer was running down my, mom, my mommy's moi my, my business. And of the truth, it was not a funny experience. From that day, I get to that bus stop and pray on my cooler. The business began to go down. The business began to go down. Customers were not coming. Customers were not coming. And out of frustration, I remember when Mommy had to look at us and say, "Capital out, capital is finished. We can't continue this moment anymore." In fact. We, for, to raise another money to survive, my mommy has to hold me by the hand and we beg from Yakoyo all the way to Sabo area, those of you who know that area, and my mommy had to tell, go and meet that man, go and meet that man. And I say, hello, sir. And we came from Badagri. We came to look at somebody here. The person is not around and we are in need of transport. And some of them, oh, get away! And some of them will show us mercy. Some of them, you know, and you know, to even raise 20 naira to survive, to raise 20 naira to survive was a major problem several nights after nights we had no money but you know something I thank God he didn't answer that prayer because you see I didn't know that number one God was checking my heart for his love whether when God does not make sense whether I will still follow him whether I will still believe do you know what happened thereafter out of the fact that the money did not sell again, I was forced to go and work in a bakery. At the bakery, I began to work. I met a boy called Solomon. Solomon's mother was, a, was an importer of shoe, bags, and women accessories into Nigeria. Solomon, we got talking as a good friend and heard of the problem that we were facing. Because a lot of time, I get to the work before him. He was just coming to just work for, the work of, because mommy said, just go, just go and look for work. Me, I was at that bakery because of survivor. And Solomon said, you know, I will talk to my mother about your mom. Solomon went ahead and told his mom about my mom. And Solomon's mother sent for my mother. Do you know, beloved children of God, that was how my mother entered into shoe business. My mother did not just enter into shoe business. My mother began to make her first hundreds of thousands of naira from that shoe business. From that shoe business. And I had my first new shoe in a long time from that shoe business. Of course, she has to give me the shoe. (laughs) Listen to me. From that bakery, I met another man. This cut the long story short. That was what landed me in Computer Village to go and start learning computer. All right? Now, listen to me. God had a better plan. I could not see beyond the moment of the moin moin business. But God knows the plan He had for me. And He wanted me to love Him, not because He's answering my prayer, but because of who He is. So he needed me to grow from seeing him as just a prayer answering God to a God that is worth loving, not because of what he's doing, but because of who he is in my life. Do you understand? And thank God he closed down that business. Because I would, you know, the last time after about 10 years or 15 years, I went back to that area when i went to uh, your son's wedding i was telling i was showing my wife around say i know all this area i know all this area i know all this area and i was showing my wife around said, this is my area this is my this is my ghetto area you know and i I, when I do you know that after 15 years i still saw some of those people in that same bus stop it could have been me it could have been me but do you know the difference between them and myself is because I had to pass the test of loving God. Why are you a Christian? Why are you a worshiper of God? Is it because of what he's doing for you? Or because of who he is in your life? You need to grow into a child of God who loves him for who he is. Is more than enough. This is what we change your prayer life. This is what will make you sing. This is what will make you dance. And people will look at you. You'll be like, say you don't chop money. Say, no, I have chopped God. God is the reason, not material things. Most children of God are materialistic. You are mater- we are materialistic. It's all about serving him because of his hand, not because of who he is. Grow up. Tell your neighbor time to grow up. The next part he said we should love him with is our soul. I've explained to you what it means to love him from your heart. Your soul. The soul is the emotion part of our life. Emotions. Feelings. God says to you, love me with your feelings. Don't, you know, there are some songs, that say that they are soul songs. Um, break my heart. And all those things. Songs that just take to your soul. When you love God with your soul, you are emotional with Him. Don't you realize that when it is praise and worship time, some of us, we are like wood. Nothing can move you. You are like the rock. Nothing can shake you. But you have forgotten that you used to be in the club. You have forgotten the story of your life, how you were lost. And he found you. Some of us who are looking like St. Gabriel and St. Michael. You have forgotten that there was a point in time in life that you would have been addicted to drugs. You are, forgo- are you not the one that he, 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 he forgave despite, despite several abortions? Are you not the one that he forgives despite how many people you have slept with? Some of us, there are things in our life that is only between us and God alone. If he was to unveil it, everybody will ever run away from you. He has shown you so much mercy. Pastor Lou, please come. Get me a chair. Some of us that will refuse to dance today in church. Ah, Do you know how to twerk? Do you know one thing that is called twerking? Help me, please. I want you to twerk. Turn to the people. These are some of us used to be before. Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you know twerking? Oh, you don't know how to twerk? Oh, where's Pastor Gabriel? Pastor Gabriel, come, come, come. You, you, Pastor Gabriel, come. Pastor Gabriel, come. Some of us, this is what we used to go and do in the club those days. Even with somebody you don't know. Oh, they, they, oh yeah, twerk for them. Twerk, twerk. Uh-huh. And you see, some of us, a man will just come and put money on you. And he say, Come on. Come on. Somebody you don't even know we come and start doing this with you. Hey hey hey. You don't know the person. Twerk girl, twerk, twerk for them, twerk for them. Twerk for them. Come on ace. Hey. hey. Come on, and they're watching your bum bum. You don't care who is watching it. You are a delight for guys. And they say, some of them will come and even will round, oh round, round. Hey, yeah. Am I dialing somebody's number? This is the story of our life. But now you enter into the church. He brought you from what killed your friends. He saved you from what killed others. Some of your friends are still there. Some of them, today, they are having hangover. They've drunk. They, were, they are still drunk. They are on drugs. It saved you from all these. Then you, the same you, we come into church. Da. Mm-hmm. And even now you come with tingle. Da. Mm-hmm. Da. And some of us are so dignified, and you even in church you then shoot the thing out, so they like can know that you know you are a girl's man. Is what the girls love. Now, God, did they do this one for? No. Now, God, did they shackle for like that? No. And some of us, when we even want to talk, you, hello, how are you? How you doing? My, uh, you know, I was going to shake one billionaire one time. I was in his friend, in his the house of his friends, and he looked at me from top to bottom. When I said, Hey, meet my computer engineer. The guy is very good and everything like that. The man is one of the top dealers in cars in Nigeria. And he looked at me with his bodyguard. And as I stretched my only hands to shake this man, do you know what he did for me? He gave me one. He's the only human being that I've stretched only one said, You. You are, why should I give you five? One. So, with all humility, I say, what a privilege. That I'm telling you, give me one finger. One finger. You are a child of God now. Some of us could have been dead in some accident some time ago. You have forgotten how quick we are to forget. No, how quick we are to forget. Some of us were lost. Some of us, we, they were seasons that were so very difficult in our lives. You are forgotten, sir. You are forgotten, ma. So if there is anybody who should be rolling every day for God, shouldn't it be you? If there is anybody that should sing without beat, dance without beat, shouldn't it be you? Considering the things he has done for you. But now, you are so full of ourselves. Full of yourself. That now when we come in church, we can even call praise and worship session, drying session. We will not sing to him anymore. We will not raise our hands anymore. No feelings. No feelings. You don't feel anything for God. No emotions. Every day when you wake up now, Lily of the Valley, Brighter Morning Star, Lily of the Valley, the same you that was, hello babe, I are you girl. You know, I, I, I can see, you know, you, you used the best rap for, for girls. Now, Jesus has saved you. No rap for Jesus. No rap for Jesus. How you used to sniff drugs those days. You know, there are some habits that will not leave you until you learn to humble yourself and love God with emotions. Because Satan has taken over that part of your life. You need to drive him out by directing your emotions to God. God is looking for lovers. Who oh, will love him with their emotions? Who oh, will cry? Who oh, will cry? You know? When I remember how oh, to even eat, how oh, I, oh, I need to go and cut gutters. Normal human being who had no issue could not even pay my YX school fees. It was a blind man that God used to pay my YX school fees. I was the last student that paid YX. Even if I have known, I would not have paid because at least you'll just let my people go. Only one cc in Yoruba. <laughs> there are some poverty that will knock knowledge away out of your life. <laughs> oh, you don't know? When you are drinking Gary every day, how will you be brilliant? <laughs> Gary every day. How can you read? I was brilliant before poverty came, but when poverty came, my life changed. Until Jesus intervened, I wrote egg about seven times before I passed. Even why egg, I'm sure it was just out of mercy. They just had to let me go. Because when they see, ah ah, <laughs> John. Last year you were here. So you see, when I see people posing for God's work, I said, Me, I don't I I don't have that luxury. You can pose, but me, I cannot pose because I will never forget where he brought me from. David said, it brought me out of the merry clay. It set my feet on a rock to stay. Some of us, no emotions anymore. So even your story now, you can't share it with anybody because you are so conscious of your dignified self that you don't want people to even know that this was what it saved you from. So nobody has ever heard of your testimony because now you have presented a false picture of yourself that you want people to always see you in a certain way. But God is saying, love me with your soul. It's a commandment. It's not a suggestion. I said it's not a suggestion. It's a commandment. Love me with your soul. It's the, the, Matthew the 17, 22, 37 says, it's the greatest commandment to love him with your soul. A boiling love for God. The next one. Chief Tweka. Thank you so much. Pastor T. <laughs> or we call it Pastor 12. <laughs> Thank you. The next one is, "Love me with your mind." It's there. I'm not reading. Go back to Mark 12:30. Mark 12:30. Mark 12:30, that's where I'm reading from. Thou shalt love with all your heart, with all your soul, with your mind. Your mind is the center of reasoning, the center of your intelligence. And God is saying, that intelligence is not just for making money, belongs to me. Love me with your mind. You see, one of the things that people do is they think that only people who are not schooled should serve the Lord. So it's like the more educated you are, the more you should abstain from serving God. The more exposed you are, the more you should move away from serving God. But I said to you, the best person that deserves your intelligence is God. He gave you intelligence so that you can bring glory to Him. Out of that glory, then you are supposed to first, your intelligence is for, for supposed to go upward before horizontal in making money for yourself. But what do we do with our intelligence today? They praise you as the best staff in your office. Everybody praises you. But when we come to your church, we cannot see one sign of your own intelligence in your church. One time I came to church, you know, and I looked around and I said, no, I'm don't. i I'm a computer person. But the, around me does not reflect that this is my field. So I made up my mind that I'm going to let my profession reflect in the church. That's how come, you see. In fact, at the point, I was using iPhone and nobody around me was using iPhone. I said, oh, how can I be an Apple specialist? and know all people around me are not using iPhone. So I told myself that, now, guys, all oh, everybody around me, you must all be using iPhone, 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 iPhone. And today, it has come to pass. One of our pastor friends that came, I like, said, look at me, and look I said, the reason why things are like this is because you are a computer person. And I was very happy. Very happy. Because why? I've allowed my intelligence to serve God. Your intelligence, if you are a customer service representative, that means in church, you should be part of the protocol team. If your own is like, you, whatever you do, recently, if you, if you go online now, you know, do you have the Bible story series that James is developing if you can show it, I will greatly appreciate it. You know, I started a team in church. We we'll call them the AI team. All right, and I, I began to you know, do some things. And then some of the people who working, one of the young guys now, you will see they, they they are doing something. They want to start publishing, which is the Bible story series. But you see, one of the team members, all right, uh, I think that's Brother Kunle. All right, he was the one that brought the idea. He said, well, he, 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 you know, on that team, he can chat them from morning till night. His own is that he goes and just bring creativity. I said that is it. You did not just study history in vain. Everything about us must have a bearing on our service for God. How can all your intelligence be the only place that enjoys it is in the marketplace? They, you are a, you, they know you at your place of work as this and that, but when you come to church, you just sit down there as though you are an, an unintelligent being and watch others serve God. No, it says, love me with your Mind. Mind reasoning is a commandment we finished um, uh, some about about four or five weeks ago about no about yes maybe like two months ago less than two months so we, i was having my class with some of my people and after the service i said you know i saw the choir and i realized that their uniform are not always but as i was in the service i realized that when i i first uh, the, the, sister, the sister said that i first criticized why well, are they dressed like this then I said, I realized that maybe that's why God brought me here. So he said, Pastor, you know what? I'm going to help the choir improve on their dressing. I said, you know, that is actually what God wants you to do. Because you see, you are not just a fashion designer to make money. You are also a fashion designer to add your fashion designing sense to the advancement of the work of God. Yes. Everything you know how to do can fit in to the context of the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. And uh, finally, he said, Thou shalt love the Lord with your strength. Strength means your energy, your skill. See, why must you love God with your strength? Because your energy is a gift from God. Don't you realize that whenever we are sick, one of the things that leaves us is energy, strength. We become so weak. We are not even able to move around. The blessing to move around is from God. So you just ask ah, me at the jamajama, jama. Jama No, I lo- I thank God that you can jama jama like Jamie, but what I'm trying to say is that your jama jama should transcend into jamming for God too. A lot of children of God are so poor because God cannot bless their labor. Because their labor does not carry the love of God. So whenever he say, bless the work of my hand, but God, why should I bless the work that is not blessing me? You don't bless God with your strength. You only bless your colleagues at work, your boss, that company. You wake up in the morning, 4 a.m., 5 a.m., you are away to work. But when it comes, You know, I told one of the teenagers this morning, I saw that that's why they did not minister today. I saw them, I said, as she was coming in a young girl, I was coming around to eight. I said, no. Can't you just walk faster? I think after eight. Say, said, can't you just walk faster? I said, is this how you walk to school? Walking so like a desk and catwalking our way to church. At after eight. I said, no. No. That has to change. God deserved the very best. When was the last time you sweat for God? Thank God for the people that did this decoration. This was not what we had. I think they deserve a the round of applause. All right. I can do this. They did it within in less than twenty four hours, making it. It's part of loving God with our strength. What I'm doing right now is to love Him with my strength. The question: Where is your own strength for God? I said, Where is your strength for God? Ask your neighbor. Where is your strength for God? Now, everything, the areas we then need to express this four dimension part: your art, your soul, your mind, your strength. The first area that you must find expression is in the house of God, and I'm going to end there. In the house of God, in the house of God. Psalm 102, verse 13. Thou shalt arise and give mercy unto Zion. For the time to favor our has come. Yea, the set time is come. For thy servant take pleasure in our stones and favor the doors thereof. You know what? God is having mercy and showing favor upon Zion. Because you see, Zion in this context was a man who took great interest. In the house of God. I want you to become someone who loves the house of God. God's house is ours to treasure. You must pour your love on the house of God. Because it's the best place to be. And let me give you something. Why must you love the house of God? Number one, Jesus calls the church his church. He says, I will build my church. Matthew 16 verse 18. I will build my church. The church does not belong to me. One of my friends who is a man of God came one time, some several years ago, to a minister in the church. He asked me, How do you handle the offering of the church? I said it belongs to the church. I said, No, you are the Levite of the church. You are the, the church is yours. So I uh, so because of that, you should take the money. I said, from that day, that was the first time he came to our church, and that was the last time I ceased to chat him. I, I said, This one is a devil incarnate. Why? Because the church is not a. The, any man of God that makes the church, even register the church in his own name, is a devil, is a thief, is a 419. Any man of God that makes a church account, his own personal account, is he's, he's going to die before his time. The church phones is not my phone. The church property is not my property. It's his church. I'm a leader in his church. And Jesus calls it my church. Nobody can claim ownership of each church. Not even you, 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 you. And, um, you know, I am the general of ourselves, this place, so you know. Um, so, when they collect the offering, treasurer, um, treasurer, treasure, just put it under my desk, eh? And um, we, we shall, I have not bought pure water from the money of this church in 15 years. Pure water I have not bought. Coca-Cola once, I've never bought for once. No, it's not my money. I have never earned salary from this church and I will not earn by the grace of God. It doesn't mean that a person cannot earn salary. I am not here for money. God has blessed me. It's not, it's not my, But I will do it with all of my strength. Love the church. Why must you love the church? Because Jesus said he is the head of the church. So we are his body. So to enjoy the blessing of Jesus, you must become a committed person in His church. Your mind, your soul, your heart. Every part of you must find expression in that temple. Do you know one of the blessings he calls us? He even calls you the temple of God. To really tell you how much he loves his church. Say your body is the temple of God. Why must you love the church? Why must you love the church? Because God himself is the founder of the church. He founded the church. And it will do anything for a man who loves the church. Let me give you an instance. In the First Kings chapter 13, verse 2, a prophet came and saw a fake pastor in the church, a king, and said, God said, I'm going to raise a boy. Josiah will be his name. And this boy will come. His mission is to restore orderliness in this temple so that people can come and worship God again because Israel has deviated from God. It took God 300 years. 300 years. How many years? To make that prophecy come to pass, so it was. That means for God was watching over that temple as they are backslidden for 300 years. So in Second Kings, Second Kings, then First that one, the prophecy was First King 13, then in Second Kings 2 verse 1 to 8. 2 Kings 2 verse 1 to 8. after 300 years, a man, some people just decide to plan coup. Cool. In the palace. And they killed the king called Ammon. And because the king had died, there was a necessity. So the people in the town, they rose up against the coup cool plotter. And they removed them. Then they enthroned the boy called Josiah. It came as though it was natural. But that old thing was fulfilling a 300 years worth of prophecy. You don't exist in the church by accident. There's a purpose for you. Anywhere God directs you to worship, ask yourself, Lord, what is my assignment in this place? Because that's where you can find fulfillment. That is why sometimes when people leave a particular church, you see that they just dry up. Because you see, there may be many churches, but God has assignment for every individual in different places. There there is a reason why there are varieties. So being in a church is a spiritual thing. Josiah, when they were just naming him, the the man just said, I I just saw this name. I gave him. Not knowing that 300 years earlier, there has been a prophecy. When the people just gathered to kill his father, they thought that they were just doing it. He was eight years old. And when he discovered what was written about him, he was shocked. Do you know that for every one of us here today, there's something written about you before God? You can decide to find out. Or not because there was a time in your life you were not even anywhere near this place you did not even know that you will be here why are you here you need to ask the last example I'm going to give you is the 200 year old prophecy of a king called Cyrus you find that prophecy in Isaiah 44 verse 28 and you also find it in verse 45 the Lord looked around and he could not find somebody with interest so he said I'm going to raise a king These children of Israel will be gone to Babylon naked, but I will raise a king. And what was the mission of that king? He said, Cyrus will rebuild my house. 200 years later, Cyrus came from Persia, he conquered Babylon. And the first thing when you go to 2 Chronicles chapter 36, verse 22, let's open there. 2 Chronicles chapter 36, verse 22, look at what he said. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Pasha, that the word of the Lord spoken by the mouth of Jeremiah, this place it was Isaiah, might be accomplished, the Lord stead of the spirit of Cyrus, king of Pasha, that he may made a proclamation throughout all his kingdom and put it also in writing, verse 23, thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, all the kingdoms of the earth. Had the Lord God of heaven given me. And he had had charged me to build in an house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Who is there among you? Of all people, all these people. The Lord is God. Be with him and let him go up and build. 200 years, God found the right man. May you be the man, the woman that God is looking for, for the next move of God in his body. When things became difficult for me, I remember where I was, 2nd of August, 1997. I'm not a melancholic, neither am I a phlegmatic person. I had to even find out. But God knows that that incident was going to become a major hallmark in my life. So He made me to get an incident that could make that thing stay with me. 2nd of August, 1997. How did I remember that day? It was the day Fela died. I was at the bakery, I told you. Because that was the only place I could live to survive. And I was in front of the oven. I had developed my grain in that bakery. Because I was always in front of this mud oven. Serving the the main baker. Who would carry the bread and load it into the oven. And on that day, as I was arranging around 11 in the night... I was arranging the loaves of bread on this paddle that looks like a kennel for him to put in the oven. Then he finished. We were waiting. As we were waiting, the bread had baked. Then he came. Now, this time around, as he's going to go into that oven again to offload the bread, he was unloading it. My duty again is to stand in front of that mud oven to open the pan, push it back, open it so that the bread will not sweat on the head. Second of August, 1997. I was there doing it and all of a sudden, I was just a young boy, but circumstances of life has turned my life around. No more father. My mother was sick. Things have not gone the way it ought to go. So I had to fend for myself in order to go to school. If I don't go and work in a week, the family would be hungry until the boy, Solomon, then introduced my mother to shoot. But before then, this incident was there. I was opening then all of a sudden, you see, I still have some of those marks in my hand today. The guy just carried hot bread from the oven and did it in such a way that it landed on the palm of my hand, the back palm. I cried with pains. And he looked at me and said, On she that by force make you come work for a year. If you don't get work, make you go find something else to do your, with your life. Useless boy. Ah. I walked away. I remember as the news of Fela broke, I was in the corner crying. And I looked up to heaven. And one prayer I prayed If you will just take me out of this mess, I promise I will serve you with my life. I will build a house for you. I made that vow. I did not even think of buying myself a car, I never prayed for buying myself a shoe. I said, If I lifted my eyes unto God with tears, Because I know that if he does not reach out for me, there's no way I can come out of that situation. And I prayed that prayer. That was shortly after that was when Solomon then decided to help my mother. And the rest is history today. Listen to me. If you don't have the interest of the house of God in your heart, there are some situations you can never come out of. Because you see, Anna was praying for a child. God was looking for a pastor. Anna was barren because she was praying that give me a child so that me too I can reply penina, that me too I have children. But God was looking for a replacement for the children of Eli. So until Anna changed her prayer point, if you give me a child, I'm going to give him back to you. God said, this is the one we are looking for. Oh yeah, she deserves a child. One of the greatest tragedies today is that the devil has made most of us disconnect from loving the house of God of course, because of a lot of the scandals that have been happening. But you see, your love for God should transcend that of a man. If a man can stop you from serving God, then God does not deserve you. God does not deserve you. If a man can stop you from serving God, God does not deserve you. You are not the kind of person that God is looking for. Because you must know that human will always be human. So your love for God must move even beyond that of your pastor, Because one day your pastor may disappoint you. And always fix your eyes. On him looking up to Jesus, the Author and the finisher of our faith. Today, can you please stand to your feet? I want you to pray for yourself everywhere you are. I want you to really check your life and your love for God. Do you still love him or you love your children more than him? Do you still love him or you love your business more than him? Do you still love him or you love your career more than him? Today, all I want you to pray, Lord, help me to fall in love with you afresh. Oh, Lord, my heart, my mind, my soul, my strength. It's time to rededicate it back. Say, Lord, it belongs to you. You know, there's a song we say, Take my heart and let it be concentrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moment and my days. Let them flow in ceaseless prayer. Lift your voice and pray that prayer. Lord, it's time to go back to loving God. He's looking for lovers. God is looking for lovers. Those who will love him with all of their hearts, with all of their soul. He's looking for lovers. God is looking for lovers. It's time to love him more. It's time to love Him more. It's time to love Him more. Oh Lord, channel our hearts into your love. May we be a people that love you all-heartedly. Oh Lord, we lay our life down at you. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. It is time to enjoy the favor of God that comes from loving Him. The best and the fullness of God is reserved for those who love Him. The best and the fullness of God is reserved for those who love him. The best and the fullness of God is reserved for those who love him. Lift your voice and talk to God. Lord, here I am. Fill me with your love. Oh, Lord, take me deeper in love with you. Help me to love you more and more. Help me to love you more and more. In Jesus' name we pray.